Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. When Kevin gives the word, be prepared to call in to 865-243-TALK. That's 865-243-8255. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, and we thank you for coming in here on this Saturday and uh, here with our co-host, Mark Griffith, and we have a special guest with us today, David Thompson, and we're going to talk about the election. This is our election special, and we are so excited about it because there's a lot of issues out there as it relates to housing, and we've really tried to dial into what exactly you need to know about the candidates and where they stand on the big issues related to housing, and that could be Uh, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, that could be the HARP program, that could be how it is that we're going to uh, really uh, energize the housing market because we all feel that the housing market is a key component to getting the economy back on its feet. So what we've done is we've got a couple of sound bites um, and we've got a couple of things that we want to talk about, but I kind of want to frame it real quick. You know, when Obama was elected back in 2008 and he won re-elect- or he won election and, and some think he will win re-election, but he had this whole kind of, you know, theme about change and, and it was the number one theme. It was, you know, uh, yes, we can and, you know, the change team and all of this. And if you look, unfortunately, I think some would say that the people around him the, in his cabinet and his secretary, you know, for the treasury and the people around him are, are kind of the same people that have been around Washington for years and years and years. And, you know, Timothy Geithner, as pointed out by our, our special guest, you know, worked for uh, Goldman Sachs for many years. And Goldman Sachs was the beneficiary of, of the TARP and uh, the bailouts and, you know, too big to fail and and the mortgage-backed securities were purchasing. So I'm not saying that he did anything wrong. I don't know that there's any evidence of that, but it's just, you know, giving the illusion of it, of, of a problem. You would think if it was going to be change that we would remove ourselves completely from the people of the past, and, and especially someone who was involved in uh, some of the failed policies that Goldman Sachs was a part of, you would think you might go outside of that. And then, you know, if you look at some of the other people, I mean, I don't have the list right here in front of me, but, but person after person in the cabinet were from previous administrations. They were from just all of the Washington uh, elite that you, that you've come to know as the same, same, they're all the power brokers. Exactly. And, you know, president Obama, he's a great speaker and he, he, he inspires people. And I think that he definitely has the ability to communicate to the American people. Now, whether or not what he's done has actually been effective is a whole other story. So I guess the first issue, and I'll get you guys take on this is, you know, do you think that President Obama has come through with any of his promises and are you better off than you were four years ago? Well, as far as the promises, I I look specifically to housing. Uh, So that's my focus because that's my industry. Right. So um, I think... uh, You bought that mansion too. 
I do not. I do not have a mansion. You've got the big one. No, I don't. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think um, the the things that uh, when he first got into office, yeah. I think things started happening that were were uh, not really expected. Mm. I caught everybody by surprise in 2007 and 2008. My so um, I, I think uh, similar to when Bush got in power, and then we had 9/11 occur. He wasn't anticipating that. Both of them well, huge he, disasters. Uh, but uh, you know, 9/11 certainly. Uh, overshadows this one, but still, financial debacle. Uh, Nobody occurred. saw that coming. No, and I, David, I mean, some yeah. some did, but not to this extent. Not yeah. not as perverse. I mean, David, if you look at what happened, you know, if you kind of see where the private sector job creation has went from the time that he took office, I mean, we do have thirty straight months of of jobs that have been created. Yes. So, I mean, he's done some things right, but what's your take on it? Well, we we have. Uh, I mean, I would hope that things aren't in dire straits since 2008 because we've pumped billions and billions of dollars of federal money into the economy year after year. I mean, at the moment, uh, the Federal Reserve is printing over $40 billion a month Mm -hmm. with no end in sight. Uh, just buying mortgage-backed securities. I think a day. Uh, you know, no, it's, well, it's whatever they want. You know, it's you know they're in charge, right. so that's okay. Uh, but as far as Obama's promises versus what been given. I I mean, as a young person, um, back then I was really looking at the war issue. Um, There have been a lot of troops come home, but Mm -hmm. the drone strikes into countries, uh, Arab nations, and looking for terrorists, um, as we can see at the moment, are, in my opinion, all this stuff that's going around the world with the the anger Mm -hmm. is because we're going in here and there, the CIA and the Defense Department are going in through drones and blowing people up. Uh, We've killed Two American citizens with drones. Uh, that was a huge thing for me. Uh, civil right. rights and war back then. So a lot of that, mm-hmm. I don't really see. He's kept his promise in one way, but not in another way. He didn't close Guantanamo Bay, which I thought was, that was big that for was, me, believe yeah. it or not. It went from, we'll close it in eight months to we'll close it in 16 months. And so, then, well, maybe we won't close and it. And we're not going to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Uh, another thing for me with Bush was he wasn't very friendly with the press. Mm. Um, usually the questions were uh, very filtered in the White House press room. Um, we've only heard from the president in the White House press room, I believe, twice mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Just, I mean, Bush came out more than Obama has, so it hasn't been a very Which, open you know, is interesting. presidency like he promised right. as well. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, everybody says that the media is so liberal and that why wouldn't he want to go into the press room because he's going to have softball questions. So there's, there's really a kind of a... a I don't know what you would say that there's either one is true and one is not true, but let's also talk about some of the other things that he promised, you know, with, when it comes to housing, you know, housing is, is such a a big thing for all Americans. Obviously, you know, if you look back at administration after administration, everyone, you know, had a goal to get more people to live in a home, to have their own home. The American dream has always been defined as you owning your own home. So, you know, what really happened, if you look back in history, I mean, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I mean, President Clinton had an initiative that he wanted to increase home ownership for for minorities, for, for all Americans, but he really specifically wanted to see home ownership go up. And so when there was a, you know, Republican-held Senate and House, you know, and back in the 90s when Clinton was president, they collaborated and, and really essentially 
deregulated a lot of the banking rules and regulations. And so Fannie Mae said, ah, you know what? You take their pulse. When they come in, you take their pulse. If they have a pulse, let's give them a loan. I know it wasn't exactly like that. But then what happened was you had all of these people getting loans, people that could not afford loans. Now, that wasn't President Obama's fault. That wasn't Mitt Romney's fault. That wasn't anybody's fault but the people who deregulated that particular segment of our financial and i think technology helped us because yeah. at that period of time we we got too smart even for ourselves because yeah. when we got uh, credit scores you remember credit scores yeah. they s- decided that there was a computer model that can analyze somebody's ability to repay a debt right and they took the credit score scenarios from all the f- the major input um and then t- went into an automated underwriting uh, mm-hmm. computer system, AUS, right. and then uh, decided, hey, now we can put that information into a computer system and determine whether you need to even tell us whether you make any money or not, yeah. or if you just state what your assets are. So well, we really blew it up on ourselves. Let's queue up if you have the um, Romney take on what happened to the housing crisis. Let's, let's hear what presidential candidate Mitt Romney's take is on why the housing crisis came about. Uh, That's not going to happen in this country. Markets work. When you have government play its heavy hand, markets blow up and people get hurt. And the reason we have the housing crisis we have is that the federal government played too heavy a role in our markets. The federal government came in with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and Barney Frank and Chris Dodd told banks they had to give loans to people who couldn't afford to pay them back. And so, and so our, friends, our friends in Washington today, they say, oh, if we got a problem in housing, let's let government play a bigger role. That's the wrong way to go. Now, yeah. the only th- problem with that is that uh, Barney, Frank, and Chris Dodd were instrumental in re- re- no, re-regulating the banking industry. He just said that they were the people who said, give the loans to anybody they want. When in who didn't the actual, it, yeah. But see, the actual fact is they were the two people who, who were instrumental in saying, wait a minute, you guys are, are lending money too much. Let's pull this back. So that is exactly opposite of the truth. Chris Dodd and Barney Frank were the people who wanted to regulate. They're the ones who are causing us so much grief with RESPA and TILA and all of these different things. So I'm not saying that the beginning of his argument did not make a lot of sense. And and that is that government cannot solve our problems. They cannot come in and say, here's a bunch of money. Now fix it yourself. So so Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae were, were created and like we just talked about, all of these rules and regulations were lightened, but at the end of the day, and I know that David probably could speak to this, government doesn't need to be involved in every single thing that we have, and it's not going to solve all of our problems. Well, you look around around this country, and anywhere where the federal government or even some of our state governments have gotten heavily involved in a particular industry, we're talking about housing. Obviously, there there's a there's an air an industry that's gotten more public money than probably any industry, including defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I would imagine what we're spending on mortgage-backed securities is bigger than the Pentagon budget. No, no, because the Pentagon budget's only about seven hundred billion a year. Your, your point right. is huge, but, and you, is huge. Uh, but that's <laughs> per year. In all, we're spending we we forty billion dollars a month, twelve months. But, but anyway, one, you get QE what my two. point. Right, it's, I it's, do. it's even it, it, the fact that we can even try to compare is unbelievable. Right. Um, but look at uh, student loans. I mean, the government decides everybody needs a college education and that the government can help. And you in, you get that, the government into that industry, prices go up. Mm-hmm. Prices are going up in a ridiculous way in, in higher education I'm all around have, the country. I'm going to have to homeschool even, my daughter for college. Even <laughs> UT, it's gone up, it was like 11% last year. That's a yeah. huge jump in one yeah. year. Uh, healthcare. And why is that? 
Why does it go? Is it supply and demand? It's when you when you bring and I hate to have an economics lesson right here on right. the radio and do it in less than thirty this seconds. This is for the listeners, not for me. No, I'm just kidding. But, but it, when you have the normal supply and demand, um, what do they call it? The invisible hand of of the market, mm-hmm. and you give more supply or more demand, it messes up everything. Mm-hmm. And you, what hap- what happens is you have misdirect a little Keynesian I economics know, here. The no, invisible this, hand. This is, that's Austrian economics. Is the invisible hand? Keynesian is I am the hand. Right. And I. <laughs> but anyway, um, you have misdirected investment, mm-hmm. money that wouldn't have gone into that industry otherwise, mm-hmm. coming from somewhere else. Which means certain people who would have never gotten that money are getting it, and people who are losing, who would have never lost money, are losing it. So all the rules, the normal rules of Austrian economics and free markets go out the window, and it's whoever has is giving out the money picks the winners and losers. Right. Now, now, but the only thing is because some people think that the president has tried to implement basically um, socialism in, in saying, in a sense, you know, the government is supposed to be there to fund health care, fund you know, some of the things that you're talking about. And so I think it's a flawed theory in that that private sector where there is a profit to be made can, because they have board members and they have stockholders potentially, they are going to be able to basically do the job better and more efficiently because they have more stakes in the game. They have, they have stockholders that they have to actually uh, answer to. And, you know, that's kind of the free trade system. You know, government... You know, like you look at France or you look at Greece or you look at some of these countries that aren't doing very well economically, they have a socialistic style government where the government does everything. They have the health care. They have everything that you could possibly imagine they are involved with. And so the United States of America is not a socialistic country, but at the same time, you can't obviously all of these alphabet soup, you know, type of programs, HARP and HAMP and all of these you know, they're trying to help to create really a, a more efficient system. But at the end of the day, we've been there. We've done that. Those things have failed. Those things have not worked. We need to come up with something different. So what we're going to do is we're going to queue up another couple of sound bites. We're going to dig in a little deeper here. We have a ton of information that we want to provide to you. We're going to have more of these shows before uh, the actual election. But we just want to say how much we appreciate you coming in and, and share your thoughts with us. You can go to our Facebook page. You can go to our website. You can email me at kevin at kevinray.com. Please do. We want to get you involved. We want to have your voice on this show because that's what you, it's all about. It's about you. So thank you for joining us. We'll be right back after these messages. Does that make me crazy? Does that make me crazy? Does that make me crazy? Probably. Your Fox News Radio Source 100.3 WNOX. At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, the seller, the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely, attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure the best possible service to our customers. 
customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community, a community that has remained positive during the downturn of the economy and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice. Hot off the press, the housing market is starting to recover, home prices are rising, home sales are increasing, home builders are clearing lots and raising roofs. Mortgage Investors Group would like to help you take advantage of this nationwide housing recovery by offering you the lowest interest rates in our nation's history. Don't miss out. Call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us on mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. Fall is a wonderful time in Tennessee. Temperatures begin to cool, leaves begin to turn, UT football. And truthfully, what's more fun than raking leaves with your family and letting your kids run through the piles? Mortgage Investors Group wants to help you make these precious memories come true for you. Whether it's a purchase or a refinance, we have the loan to fit your needs. So call us today, 1-800-489-8910, or visit us online at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 23 years. Clearly, your best choice for news talk. 100.3 WNOX. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. The plan I'm announcing focuses on rescuing families who played by the rules and acted responsibly by refinancing loans for millions of families in traditional mortgages who are underwater or close to it, by modifying loans for families stuck in subprime mortgages they can't afford as a result of skyrocketing interest rates or personal misfortune, and by taking broader steps to keep mortgage rates low so that families can secure loans with affordable monthly payments. Our housing crisis was born of eroding home values, but it was also an erosion of our common values, and in some case, common sense. All right. Well, that was President Obama. That was a, a long time ago. And that was uh, him speaking about his plan to try to help um, really foreclosures from happening. And um, he suggested that it, the plan was to help people who had been following the rules. Well, the problem, though, is is that that was absolutely not what we ended up getting at all. And he's talking about HARP. He's talking about HARP 1.0. And it was designed for people who were underwater, who needed to refinance, but couldn't. So they revised that to HARP 2.0. You know, there's talk even for, for additional uh, modifications to that program. And as a matter of fact, um, we are really at the doorstep of a new program that he wants to implement, which is actually being implemented in some at some level and that is hey you know what just refinance you're we're gonna you know the 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 goal is to refinance people no matter what they're 
appraisal is on their home, no matter where they live. And that would be helpful, I think, to homeowners. But then there's another whole school of thought that says, well, wait a minute, these investors that bought these mortgage-backed securities, they bought in with this in mind. And now you're telling us that you're going to pay off their loan and we're going to lose out on getting that interest that we had hoped for. So the plan just didn't work out. I mean, we are seeing now, and you know, a lot of mortgage companies are actually saying, we're not doing HARP anymore. Right. We're not doing them because we're, they're too risky. They're they're just too risky because we don't know what the future is. But I, I think one of the things that you all would agree is that there's really no silver bullet in any of it. It's a little piece here and a little piece there. It's one right. program here. It's one program there. I think all of this kind of pushes everything toward helping uh, moving the economy forward. And I think that's where we are. We just got to figure. I mean, we look for the fast fix, but I don't right. know that there is one. And then, you know, the big problem was that there was a lot of people that made bad decisions and the big four banks, the the Chase, the Wells Fargo's, the Ally Banks, the City Mortgage, yeah, right. these big folks, Wells Fargo, did I say them? I they so. are the ones that really supposedly paid the piper. And let's play that clip from President Obama talking about this uh, settlement, this mortgage settlement that came through just not too long ago. Today, with the help of Democratic and Republican attorney generals from nearly every state in the country, we are about to take a major step on our own. We have reached a landmark settlement with the nation's largest banks that will speed relief to the hardest hit homeowners and some of the most abusive practices of the mortgage industry and begin to turn the page on an era of recklessness that has left so much damage in its wake. So that was President Obama there with several of the attorney generals from around the country, um, with the U.S. Attorney General, um, with, with, you know, talking about this mortgage settlement. Now, just brace yourselves. The mortgage settlement, although it was landmark and historic, was a whopping $25 billion. I think they're giving that away on the prices, right? But $25 billion. Now, right. I'm not saying that's not a lot of money because it is. But when you consider the fact that we're spending 40, we're going to be spending in QE3, which is not even QE3 because there's no end in sight. We're going to be spending $40 billion a month. This was a drop in the bucket. It was historic, but this money was not going to cover barely anything. And you know what? They weren't even for Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae loans. That's what I was They were throw only in. for Alte type of loans. That's right. It was conventional, uh, regular banks, uh, non-GSE loans. You're right. And, and I mean, in, in the president's defense, he can't just come in like a dictator as much as people think that he will or will not come in and say, this is what I want to do. He might have had a different idea, but he's got to get people to agree. Oh, that's right. Uh, but it, what I have a problem with, you got all those attorney generals standing up there behind the president. And there have been companies like Bank of America and Wells Fargo who you could go after and prosecute criminally oh, for yeah. what happened. Right. I mean, there were several... Throwing countrywide well, companies like that. Yeah, there were robo-signing of, uh, of people, robo-signing mortgages mm -hmm. where people lose their house. The comments they, on this show are not particularly the, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, and I'm talking specifically yeah, about right. bank. I can talk about Bank of America specifically. Right. You can look it up. CBS News, London Telegraph. They were caught taking people from homes who didn't have mortgages with them. Hmm. They were caught over and over and over again. And you that's could, part of this You settlement. could go and criminally 
prosecute them. Th- yeah. And this is a settlement. So that means it was in civil court. Mm-hmm. And not were, only that, but... They weren't in criminal court. They the Part of the settlement was that this, for the homeowners that were, were, were basically taken advantage of, this does not, if you take this claim and, and take what money they're giving you, it does not eliminate your ability to sue in the future. That was one of the only silver linings. However, I mean, you can't beat Bank of America unless you have a, a you know, a what an OJ Simpson's defense team. Well, and that's that's um, something scary within itself when you got a, a room full of uh, attorney generals and the president of the United States, and you're thinking, well, you know, hey guys, that's that's uh, that's pretty good. We went up against Bank of America, right? Right. So uh, you should be pretty happy about this. Now let's talk about where the candidates stand on Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. So the first thing is um, the president, even though he's, uh, you know, I actually called the White House this morning and to find out where it was that the president's plan for housing was on his website, either the yeah. the website, the election website, the BarackObama.com or the WhiteHouse.gov. And I, and I was just being honest. I said, I, I do a radio show. I'm not trying to make anybody look bad. Um, I did record <laughs> it though. I, I've got it on my iPhone, but I, I just cannot find any information about the president's plan on housing. Now, a great response for her would have been, you know, we'll go to fair, um, affordablehousing.com or whatever the website is for HARP. That would have been a good response because that outlines only the refinance side of it. He doesn't talk about um, helping the housing market. So, but anyway, let's t- let's see because I do know where his stance is on Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. He does have a stance on that, and the three broad options that he offered up, and this was back a year ago. So, one of them is eliminating all government guarantees for mortgages outside of federal programs. And then another one was creating a new structure of providing limited government backstop for some mortgages. And those are really the two biggest ones. But then you also have people like Senator Bob Corker that's already put a plan in place. And we're going to have an exclusive interview with Senator Bob Corker that we're going to play for you uh, and, and actually probably a couple of weeks. We haven't really decided on exactly when we'll be, we'll be broadcasting that. But, you know, there's already people out there in the administration that say, guess what? Uh, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae worked for a long time. They worked for a long time, and they actually did a lot of good for Americans. Now we have the the proverbial, you know what, hits the fan, and everybody wants to to bail on Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, where some people think, well, let's go in with a scalpel, not with a sledgehammer, right. and let's try to maybe fix it rather than just completely getting rid of it. So, so. You know, and, and you have to do that because if you take it totally away, you remove liquidity out of the marketplace, and then what do you have? So yeah. you have to, you can't take the sledgehammer. Now the white paper opinion. that oh, that Romney, the Romney administration put out, and, and they say they're providing a long-term sustainable solution for the future of housing finance reform in our country, but there are no other details. There are no other. It's almost exactly what Barack Obama ran on in 2008. He had this great, hey, we're going to make it more sustainable and give more clarity. That's one of Romney's things is he says, we're going to give more clarity. He gives no explanation of any details because he doesn't know, nor does a lot of people. So what do you guys think about that? I mean, there's really no set you know, solution from either campaign. More of the same. Well, he, you know, on yeah, Romney's, yeah, tell me on, Romney's. On Ra- Romney's website, on his campaign website, he has a four 
point plan of uh, what he's going to do with the housing crisis. Okay. One is to res- responsibly sell the 200,000 vacant foreclosed homes, facilitate foreclosure alternatives for those who you know can't afford to make the mortgage payments, replace complex rules with smart regulations, this is verbatim, to hold banks uh, more accountable, restore functioning marketplace and restart lending to credit worthy buyers. Mm-hmm. So, and the last point was... What's new so far? Nothing. Not, uh, and, and then the last one, which is one I think Shine has mentioned a couple times, protect taxpayers from additional risk in the future by reforming Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. That's So he's not even saying to end them. He's saying no, reform. No, he's saying reform. Okay. And, say, and that's kind of what we're saying because you got to have liquidity in the market. And right now, banks you know, aren't supplying that liquidity. Yeah. Well, see, that goes directly in opposition of what the chairman of the Housing and Banking Committee, Bob Corker, said, and he will say on our air, which is that he wants to end them and he wants to do it responsibly over time. So, so there is a de- direct opposition to one of the lead Republicans and what the presidential candidate Just as long as the says. plan has a replace for the now, liquidity. Now, here's the other thing. Um, Barack Obama says he wants to responsibly in them is kind of what he says too but yet he doesn't even give a plan and also we will have john duncan jr our representative um he'll be talking about the plan that president obama put forth for ending the or selling these these homes that are that are out there on the market but he does he's against it he's against it so he's already had that plan but 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 the Republicans are against it. Shine, step in and talk about the, uh, the the GSCs, whether to eliminate them, to restore them. What, what do you, What's your opinion? Well, uh, of course, uh, and y'all know this, but the listeners might not. But philosophically, I am opposed to GSEs in general, just mm-hmm. because I think there's innate moral hazard when you have a, a huge, usually a much larger, um, quote, private business with public funds that can't go under and is bigger than what would be its competition. Mm-hmm. Much bigger. Has right. a, 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 a big advantage. So there's an innate, in my opinion, ethical and moral hazard in having GSEs in general. But that's my philosophical position and we live in a practical, real, tangible world. Right. And, and to go in and rip them out of the market, just say, okay, they don't exist. For those of you like me who are philosophically opposed, that's the big hand of government ripping a huge piece out of the market anyway, right. which would cause, if you know anything about Austrian economics, right. havoc. Right. You have to let things take like their what's natural happening course. In Greece. Now, what, uh, and I don't know, and I'm not a genius. I'm not a, an economist being paid by a high-powered Washington uh, uh, senator or, or a commissioner or what kind of what would what have you. But my opinion would be, don't back them anymore. Let them fail if they're going to fail, or let them succeed if they're going to succeed. I mean, it's not like they get a steady streamline of cash coming straight out of Washington. They make some money. Yeah. You know, they, they lose some money, but that'd be the only way to do it. I think, don't think you can just say, okay, Fannie Mae and Freddie can't exist anymore. Well, I don't how, think you can do that. No, well, what about your feeling about uh, government stepping in and saving private uh, companies over the past you know, forever. Uh, Chrysler being the first one that I remember back in, in the 80s, was it? Uh, right. Lee Iacocca uh, stepped in and, and gave them, you know, all sorts of took over. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, whether you're a GSE or you're private, government still steps in when there's a crisis. Well, and I don't feel bad about saying that I don't think those were good things. And I don't feel bad about saying that the government should have protected those people's jobs. I don't feel bad about that because, you know, it's not like the government was going to pay me or protect my job yeah. when I've lost jobs. But I'll give you two examples. One is G- most recently GM, or as most people affectionately call them now, 
Government Motors. Yeah, right. We gave them a huge bailout. And what did they do? They transferred most of their manufacturing to China with that money. With our taxpayer money, it's not like we saved that company. We just gave them the money to move. Part, uh, it, yeah. It, it, go ahead, the other example. The other example is from a long time ago when uh, somebody we all know, Davy Crockett, was in Congress. Yes. Okay? Um, he got a letter from someone in his constituency asking why that the Congress, the United States, had given money to pay for an orphanage that had burned down in Washington, D.C. during a fire. And he said, well, you know, we had to help. All those kids wouldn't have had anywhere to live. And he said, but you stole that money from me. That's my money. You know, I'm fine. I mean, you know, why didn't you take them into your house, Mr. Congressman Crockett? Why did you have to take them and put them in my house, essentially? Um, so I, I don't have any problem with using the example of GM or a bunch of orphans whose orphanage burned down. Right. It, the government doesn't have, it, just like I said with GSEs, with the ethical and moral hazard, there's an ethical and moral hazard when you take money from somebody else at point of a gun, which is what government does. You can't not pay taxes. Mm. And then you give it to another group of people who receive benefit that you don't receive. Right. Now, somebody's going to get mad. Now, now, when you look back and you look at what the government has done for housing and trying to revamp housing, you can't really shift over to China uh, housing because it's housing and you got to manufacture homes here. We can, I guess, we can send them our debt, though. <laughs> yeah, you, you, which they can, can buy do, it. Which is fine. But, but, you know, with some of these programs that president obama supported like trying to save you know the car industry which a lot of people didn't think that was a good idea and and what uh i'll check out what david said with in regards to shipping over to china but one truth that it, it has been proven that it did save a lot of jobs and 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 that is an, a fact now whether we lost jobs as a result of that i don't know because that's really the the biggest step that we need to understand as voters is guess what we have a choice to make we as americans can vote and we can use that power the fact is we're not going to vote people will not vote there are um you know the, the stats are in you know not all americans vote if ever all americans voted the way that they felt well we'd probably have a ron paul running or someone of an alternative to the Republicans or the Democrats, just because you know we don't know where the American conscience is because they don't they don't go to the polls. So that's really the fact. And, and what we're trying to do is to just provide you with you know with information, you know information, so that you can make what decision that you need when it comes to going into the polling booth. And neither one of these candidates, you know, have all of the answers. You know, we're going to have to make a decision, and one of them will be president. Well, they certainly will, unless something traumatic happens. Right. But uh, I think I think the the thing that we need to look at is that there's there's going to be so many uh, pieces that we have to work together to get uh, out there as far as the economic picture goes and accept them and uh, and, and just move uh, the economy forward by accepting this happening. The re latest one is the QE three, the open ended source. That's not the silver bullet, but it's going to. Uh, uh, at least help keep the interest rates low. Maybe more people can take advantage of the interest rates because the harp really, I don't know if it's worked that well, to be frank with you. I don't, I don't know that I've seen it. The biggest problem right now is just the values. We still have value problems with refinances. However, the good news is that the uh, housing values have gone up and they've continued to go, on, uh, go up um, 
for what several quarters in a row now. Yeah, and, and it's so hard to, to determine. Just like, for instance, in Fannie Mae, you know, they say they lost seventeen billion dollars in two thousand and eleven. And how is that measured? Is that measured based upon the old accounting rule that says when a home loses value that that's what your loss is? You know, that just doesn't make sense because what's the intrinsic value of those assets? You can say it's a loss, but a loss is a loss. If it is a true loss, in that the people did not. I mean, we're at we're at actually a record repayment uh, statistics right now. FHA has never been more solid. Uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's uh, latest records are that that people are paying their mortgage. Well, we've gone back to the pre two thousand exactly two thousand so levels where of underwriting. The, the, you know where the losses are coming from is because they're saying home values have lost value. That's where That's the right. losses come from. And so what happens? Just like the the latest home price statistics, the highest has been since two thousand and seven. Right. You know, so these losses are going to decline. That's the bottom line. And you know, people say Obama. You know, maybe we've been too hard on Obama. So I mean, you know, he has done some things that have been successful. He's done a lot. If you go to any website in Google, you know, there's a whole list of things that he has accomplished and promises healthcare and, you know, increase minority access to capital, you know, require economic justification for tax changes. There's all these little small minute changes and in, in, in successes that he's had. So I advise you, if you want to know what their positions are, research it for yourself because nobody's going to tell you how to think. It doesn't matter what philosophy you have. You need to just go to that. And, you know, another thing that you might want to consider doing is going to the housinghour.com because we're going to have all of this information for you right at your fingertips. And you know what we forgot to do, which we'll need to do. How much time do we have? We have about a minute because what we really need to do right now is we need to draw for our big winner for our, our hundred dollar gift card. Absolutely. Fantastic. So I have the box right here with all the names that we have put in. This took a lot of time because we had over a thousand names in here. Fantastic. So we're going to go ahead and draw it. And the winner of the $100 gift card to Lowe's is Brennan Linehan. Brennan Linehan is the, the victorious party. So Where are they um, from? They are from Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Um, you didn't have anything to do with that, did you? I did not. <laughs> you it was it. just the luck of the draw. So we will contact Brennan and uh, make sure he gets his gift card. And you know what? We want to thank you for coming into the housing hour today. Been one of my more enjoyable shows. And we just thank you so much. And we look forward for the rest of the show because we have a great last segment as well. And we look forward to giving you that information. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be right back after these messages. Treat me like a stranger. For Fox News Radio, 100.3 WNOX. At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, the seller, the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely, attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure the best possible service to our customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community, a community that has remained positive during the downturn.
downturn of the economy and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call. 777-1040 or visit our website at tanox.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice. Mortgage Investors Group is committed to being your home loan solution. It's just that simple. With over 22 years of experience in the home financing business and over 60,000 clients, MIG is Tennessee's leading independent mortgage lender. Whether you're looking to upgrade your current home, purchase your first home, or need to simply refinance to a lower rate, now is the time to move. There has never been a better time to buy a home than there is today. Record low rates, great selection of homes for sale, and sellers ready to sell. This environment will not last forever. Mortgage Investors Group has money to lend, experienced loan officers to guide you, and a singular focus of helping you. Contact us and we will help you realize your American dream today. MIGonline.com or 865-691-8910. Equal housing lender, Tennessee license number 109111. Mortgage Investors Group. Roughly six years after the housing market began its longest, deepest slide since the Great Depression, experts believe the end of the slide has come. Home prices are rising, home sales are increasing, and interest rates are at their lowest level. Mortgage Investors Group would like to help you take advantage of these fantastic market conditions. MIG has 16 offices in Tennessee, so call us today, 800-489-8910, or visit us at mortgageinvestorsgroup.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. WNOX News Talk 100.3. Find us on Facebook. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back in to the Housing Hour. Thank you for coming back and joining us. And real quick, I want to tell you about a company that uh, Mark and I believe very strongly, and that's Capital Financial Group. The question is, do you have a financial plan, a financial plan for your future, a financial plan for maybe your kid's future, for your kid's potential college, or if you're, you know, just someone that just wants to try to invest money and you don't know anything about it, you know, it's, it's very complicated. Sometimes people think they know how to invest money and they hear from a friend, Hey, buy Apple or buy this Japanese stock, you know, in Mark's <laughs> laughing because he's done that to me a couple of times and he's been pretty well, but you know what, what you need to do is talk to a professional. Talk to an expert, someone who really knows the difference between a stock, a bond, a mutual fund, a 401k, all these different things, and they can help design a plan for you. Capital Financial Group is the people who do that. And the nice thing about them is, is that they'll come and they'll take you, uh, interview you, um, kind of get an idea of what you're doing, what you're not doing, and they may modify some things or delete some things or add some things that will be specific to what your goal is because they want to make you happy. And they are happy people. They work right below us over at the MIG building right off of I-40. So maybe give them a call today. It's 865-246-1680, Capital Financial Group. Mark, I want to turn it over to you to talk to Tom. Absolutely. Well, we we have a guest with us, Kevin, and I, I have to tell you before um, I, I bring Tom in on this, that uh, my son and I were driving up in rugby area, Jamestown area, and we came across this city that I've never seen before. I never knew it was there. Allred, I okay. believe, in Tennessee. And um, there was, it's the Great Pumpkin 
if you know Charlie Brown right, has right, the great right. pumpkin. These guys up there grow the largest pumpkins I have ever seen in my life. And I discovered that there's a festival up there. Wow. So our guest today is the head of the festival this year, Tom Potter. Tom, are you there with us? Yes, I am. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Doing well, thank you. Well, we wanted to just thank you for coming in and joining us today, but also want to know about this great pumpkin festival that you have up there, because I know you guys have some gigantic, huge pumpkins that you all grow. It looks really uh, a lot of fun. Tell us a little bit, uh, maybe how this all began. Well, uh, years ago, uh, there were some local fellows who uh, had kind of a... uh, contest between themselves is who, who could grow the largest uh, pumpkin, uh, green squash, and it turns out that there's a, actually, there's a great pumpkin contest, a national great pumpkin contest that has uh, weighing stations in about three or four different locations in the country. Uh, Allert, because of this involvement in, uh, as, as amateurs, uh, was uh, invited to join and did, and we have become the regional, I guess you could say, weighing site for great pumpkins. People come from uh, North Carolina, uh, Kentucky, uh, Alabama, just uh, pretty much within a day's drive. And tell us, uh, tell everybody, when this festival is actually held? It's always, uh, always has been the first Saturday in October. So So this year it will be October the 6th. All right. So, and uh, how many people generally do you have? It is this a, like a Friday through Sunday thing, or just a one day event? At one time, it was two days, Saturday and Sunday, but it is uh, uh, reduced uh, to one day only, Saturday. I was going to ask open you. Open up. The uh, vendors will open up around uh, eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, by the way, this is all Central Time. We are in the Central Time Zone. Very good. So uh, the vendors and uh, the events began about 8 o'clock. We have a, a pumpkin run and walk, a car show that's just enormous, a motorcycle show, a tractor show, uh, and these are all going on in the morning. The way off for the pumpkins, and these things are so huge, they require a forklift to move around. Uh, small children could actually live inside these things. They, they're just, <laughs> just enormous beyond description almost. Uh, the way off is at 10 o'clock, and uh, the introductions and such uh, of the king and queen of the festival and the beauty pageant winners are announced at 10. And, of course, the food, uh, all the food vendors, the aromas coming out of the park is just uh, too enticing. Absolutely. A lot of different kinds of food, uh, everything from, of course, barbecue, uh, different kinds of stews. Uh, there's a group from a family from Ohio that deep fries vegetables. Yum. Uh, it's just, uh, of course, we have all kinds of handicrafts. The local beekeepers have a booth, and I recommend uh, getting a quart at least of their good honey. So, Tom, this is Kevin. Uh, I wanted to just... Uh, chime in here. The winner last year, Chris Kent, his his pumpkin weighed 1,058 pounds. Is that correct? That's that's my recollection, yes, sir. Uh, I'm on your website. What well, that is just incredible. And there is a picture for those out there. It's um, it's I guess pronounce pronounce that uh, name of the city again for us. 
It's pronounced Allert. 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 Okay, so it's AllertPumpkinFestival.com, and that's A-L-L-A-R-D-T pumpkinfestival.com and we'll of course have that on our Facebook page and our website as well Um, but one of the neat things that I was looking at in your website which I think is uh, really user friendly is it has the basic information that you need the press releases there's a of course you have a beauty pageant an auto show are you still doing the motorcycle show Yes, sir. As a, as a part of that. And so this yes, year... As well as an antique tractor show right next door. And I think the smartest thing that he's done here, Mark, out of everything, which it's all smart, is that he's done it on an off week for Tennessee. Absolutely. <laughs> and Yes, absolutely. I noticed you know, that. Yeah, don't plan anything during the, uh, <laughs> a, football a football game. weekend. <laughs> no. Now, now, for those of us that you know, I mean, this is probably a common sense thing, but for those of us that, that love pumpkins and want to get us a big pumpkin, um, obviously there's going to be the opportunity to buy pumpkins at this, I would imagine, correct? Yes, sir. We uh, discussed that last night. I believe we'll have at least one and perhaps two uh, trucks selling locally grown pumpkins. Are they cheaper up there if we come up there to get them than they are in Knoxville? Do you have any idea? Well, of course they are, yes. Okay. Can you all get right. corn stalk and all that good stuff, Tom? Oh, yeah. Because uh, we can't find that like, very much around here. It is, you know, it's harvest time up here. Right. So all that, all that uh, produce is beginning to come in. And, you know, I would also encourage people, Mark, to go to their Facebook page. Do you know that they have over 2,800 likes on really? their Facebook page? Excellent. And that is amazing because um, the Housing Hour just hit 1,000 likes recently last week, and we're so excited about that. And, and Tom, if you run that Facebook page, we'd love to link up with you because I'm, I've already liked your page, so come and well, like our page. I'll have, to, I'll have to give credit where it's due. That's Sandra Turner. Sandra Turner, the uh, photographer. Yes, our, our PR person. She is, she is most excellent. Well, that is fantastic because I tell you what, um, part of the event, I, I looked at your pictures, Tom, and the pictures that Sandra or Sandra took, I mean, I, it looked like Woodstock. Absolutely. How many people <laughs> were, were going in there? I mean, I'm not just saying that. It's amazing the amount There's of people. There's wall people, at, at, uh, especially at the parade, when the parade comes through, uh, and this year the parade will start at 3 o'clock uh, and uh, progresses through the center of Allard. Uh, it lines the main highway, which is State Route 52. Mm-hmm. Uh, How do you get there? from wall-to-wall people, especially then it's a good day for children. We have face painting. Oh, yeah. All fireworks. Activities for children. You got fireworks? Yes, sir. Fireworks at dark. Yeah. And now let me ask and you dark, this. Dark comes early now. How do we get to you from Knoxville and then people can take it from there? Well, there's there's several different ways. Uh, I-40 from Knoxville, westbound, uh, to exit 317, I believe, in Crossville. Okay. And that is U.S. Highway 127. Okay. Take 127 north, oh, approximately 30 miles, to State Route 296. And there'll be a sign for Allard and Rugby. And take a ride on 296, and about three miles, you'll be right in the heart of it. This is bigger than Punxsutawney Phil, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> this is fantastic. That's right. That's right. Well, I can't tell you, Tom, how much we appreciate you stopping by the Housing Hour and giving us a little information. We'll put all your information up on our website. Tom Potter with the Pumpkin Festival. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank all right. you for checking in. Thank you guys for coming into the Housing Hour today. It's been another excellent show. The election special, I hope you enjoyed that. Hope it helped define for you the candidates. And uh, we'll see you next week right here on the Housing Hour. Our house here has a crowd.
That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and the why not. You need to know, so come here to find out. This program is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. 